Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I, I, want, to start a, uh, I want to start a new series tonight. And I, I want to just do something. We'll just we'll go with it. We'll explore it and see how it just goes. Uh, but I want to talk about the Lord's help. The help that we have available to us from the Lord. Uh, how he helps us. Uh, getting more help in our life. Any, anybody out there could say, I mean, I could use some help. And, uh, and so I, I want to talk about the help that's available. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ... You have access to help that you know, actually the world doesn't even have. And uh, it's a wonderful help. So we want to find out more about it. The more you find out about something, it, it causes faith to come in us, and it also begins to open our eyes to the possibilities of what's out there. And we want to know what's out there, what's available. If you don't know what's available, you ever hid money from yourself? <laughs> and, and, then, and then you find it later on, you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize I had that. Back when, back when we were not a cashless society, back when, when you took cash for almost everything, I remember hiding uh, like a $20 bill somewhere in my wallet, and it just was there so long, it just got flattened out. I, I didn't know it was there. And I pulled into a, a drive-in one time, I was going to get something to eat, and uh, then realized, ah, I don't have any money. So I was hungry. And uh, went back, I was actually out of town, staying in a hotel room, got back and realized I had money thereafter. Well, it was there all the time. But if you don't know it's there, it doesn't help you. And so if we don't realize what kind of help is out there from the Lord, it doesn't help us. But we're going to find out how the Lord helps us. We're going to find his ways of helping and how we can access more help. I, I don't know about you. I need, I need the Lord's help. And I need his help in a lot of areas. We say, well, of course you do, Alan. You're, you're, you're a pastor. You're a preacher. You need God's help. I don't need his help. Yeah, you do. Everybody needs help. And so we want to find out because he's the best helper there is. And so I don't know why anyone wouldn't want the best help that there is. So you ready to go there? You ready to go? Okay. Can, can you believe with me that this will be, this could be a good series. I'm, you're going to get something out of this. And uh, starting tonight, how's that? Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this time. We ask you, Father, for your grace, for your anointing. We thank you that you give me words, unction. Father, to speak by your spirit that makes such a difference in our lives. Father, our hearts are open, that we are receptive to what you have to say and what your word says in our life. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. May we leave here different in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a text of scripture and we're going to go with this for a little bit. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verses 5 and 6. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So let's talk a little bit about what his part is. And that We're going to take a look at this one and we'll use it again as a text scripture for the series. What his part is. He said he will never leave us or forsake us. That's his promise to us. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He has promised that he said he would be a helper to us. In 
So again, these are not something that we just concocted. We're not trying to, to get the Lord to do something he hasn't promised. He said he would be a helper to us. He said that he would never leave or forsake. I know for some people that's something difficult. Maybe, maybe you've been left by someone or forsaken. And so that's, that's kind of challenging for you to believe. But we have to make sure that we don't put God in the same category with different people in our lives. That we put him in a separate category because if he says it, this is exactly what he's going to do. And if he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, then you can take that to the bank. He will never leave. He will never forsake us. He's never going to abandon us. And we've heard people, and I've, you've probably heard people say too, it's like, I'm just praying and I, I just feel like my prayers aren't getting any higher than the ceiling. They don't have to get any higher than the ceiling. He lives in us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. So we, don't, we have to learn to live beyond our feelings. But these are his promises. He says he will never leave us or forsake us. He's promised to help us. He's the one that gives us a reason not to be afraid. Because we have help, that's just one more reason I don't have to fear because I have help in this. What's our part? What is our part in this? Well, our part is to believe that he is with us. I was praying with someone, someone, someone was um, praying in a group function, and they prayed, you've heard people pray like this, maybe you've done it. And they said, oh Lord, be with us today in this time. Now, if he said he would never leave us or forsake us, why are we praying that way? You see, sometimes we can get into the habit of doing stuff without even thinking about what we're doing. And it's kind of like, well, you know, Alan, I heard my daddy pray like that, and he was a godly man. I don't doubt that. But, but what I'm saying is, if God said he would never leave us or forsake us, when we pray, here's a better prayer. Lord, thank you that you're with us in this time. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us, that you don't leave us, that you're not far away, that we're not having to try to find you, that you are with us. So it's our part to believe that he is with us. It is our part to believe regardless of what others may have done. And here's one of the big kickers, regardless of how we feel. Our feelings, you ever figured out that your feelings can lie to you? Have you ever had a feeling and you're just like, I just feel like she doesn't like me. I saw that look that she gave me. She wasn't even looking at you. She was looking right past you. I had a lady one time leave the church because I looked at her the wrong way. You've heard me say this. Because I looked at her the wrong way. I said, yeah, he just looked at me and gave me this horrible look. I'm like, I could have had a gastronomic influence going on. <laughs> and then you cross my path, my field of vision. But if, listen, if, how many of you know if you live your lives by your feelings, you wouldn't keep a job? Because I dare say in this fine group of beautiful people here that some of you may have woken up today and said, I don't feel like going to work. <laughs> and your spouse said, I feel like getting a paycheck. Get going. <laughs> so how do you know you learn to go against your feelings? You walk in the office and someone that you work with or maybe work for or work under looks at you and says something and you feel like saying something choice. <laughs> yeah, they're going to say this and I'm going to say this. And you feel that way until they say it. And then, you, then you're like, mm, no, yes, I got it. I'm going to do that. How many of you know that we all have to choke back feelings if we want to keep a job, stay married, <laughs> go to church? 
can't tell you how many people have come up here going, you know, I really didn't feel like coming tonight. <laughs> I can't tell you how that blesses me. I just, I just want to. But they showed up. Yeah, but they're here. And usually they say, but I'm glad I came because how many know you can walk in feeling bad and leave feeling good? And so it, it works that way. But, but when it comes to the things of God, we, we, have to, we have to apply the same thing. If he said he is with us and he'll never forsake us, then regardless of how we feel, he's with us. Amen. And this is where, this is where we learn, learn to live differently, that we learn to live by faith and not by feelings, not by sight. So we learn to live, whether we feel the Lord or not, we're like, Lord, I want to thank you that you are with me. And I thank you that you go with me, that you're always with me and you never leave me. And so, well, that's one of the things we can do. That's our part. And then he said he would never leave us or forsake us. So here's, what, here's another part of our part. We can boldly say, now this is, this is where, this is where it, it can change for, for so many of us. A lot of times we read these things in the Bible, but then we don't say anything about it. So we read it and we go, okay, that's good. But the scriptures say he has said these things so we can boldly say. I say, well, Alan, why do you talk a lot about words? Because if you think about it, we're the only species of being that can choose and speak words. Now, you know, a lot of times people say, well, we're just elevated animals. You know, we breathe like animals. We have a brain like animals. You know, animals have feelings. We have feelings. We're, we're just so much alike. But animals cannot talk. Now, that may come as a revelation to some of you who swear your dog talks. <laughs> my mother used to say, we had, a, we had a little dachshund, and my mother swore this dachshund said water. She would say, she would hold the water up, and she'd say, say water. And, and the little dachshund would go, and she's like, see? She's talking. No, she's not. She's going roar, roar. <laughs> now, if she said, hey, we're a little low on the water here. Could you freshen up? That's talking. <laughs> and they don't do that. So I'm not saying they don't communicate. We're the only ones that can choose our words. We're the only, do you realize God speaks and we're the only ones of his creation that can speak. And it is important. Look at this verse here in 2 Corinthians. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. You can say it with me. We believe and therefore speak. Speaking is a part of our faith life. Why do you think when at the end of every service, when we give folks an opportunity to receive Christ, that I have them pray and we pray with them and we pray out loud because the word is near us. It's in our mouth and in our heart. It's the word of faith, which we preach that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus, or believe in our heart, we believe under righteousness, confess with our mouth. Somebody help me here. Okay. When in doubt, Go to the Bible. As a Bible teacher, Romans chapter 10, it's not going to be in your notes. I will, I will read it. 
I feel the judgment. There we go. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If your friend came and came with you tonight and, and they called you ahead of time and said, you know what, I, I need the Lord. I know I do. Can I come to church with you? You go, absolutely. Come to church. Well, I, you know, at the end of the service, you, you, you're, when I say everybody bow your head, you don't. You're doing that one-eye thing on your friend. You're watching them because we're going to pray. And you want them to say something. You want to see if they're praying. And maybe they don't do a thing. And afterwards you go, you know, he gave you a chance to pray. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I didn't want to pray. No, if, it, it says here, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. I mean, if no, somebody came down and said, I want to receive the Lord, and they never would open their mouth. We're going to try to help them go. No, no, say that, pray this with us. Pray this out loud. Everyone I've ever led to the Lord, every, if you've ever led anybody to the Lord, you know you led them to the Lord because a lot of times you catch hands and said, pray with me, and there they pray. True? So this is how, th this, this is how we start our life with God, and this is how we continue our life with God. We have something to say about it. And this, for so many, is what I call the missing link. Because it's, they'll read it and they'll agree with it, but it needs to get in their mouth. It needs to be able, if he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, guess what we should be boldly saying? The Lord is my helper. The Lord, have you ever said that? Don't raise your hand or just look straight ahead. Think, man, I'm Glad he's talking about this. Somebody needs to hear this. How, how many of you have just ever said, oh, the Lord's my helper. Thank God he's my helper. He's, but what happens is a lot of times we'll read this, but what, what makes it even more reality? We're not changing God. It's registering with us. When we begin to say what he says, we just sang a song tonight. I am what you say I am. We sing this way. The, the Lord told me at the beginning of the year, you need to talk like you sing. We sing songs like, I am what he says I am. And then we leave here, get in the car and go, I'm so stupid. <laughs> That's not what you sang. What you sang was, I'm chosen. I'm not forsaken. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. It's okay to sing that. It's also okay to say that. And to boldly begin to say, you just kind of work it into your regular conversation. I'm not saying you got to go grab someone tomorrow and go, I don't want you to know I'm God's my helper. You can, hang, you can just chill on that. But you can begin to say it. Joy and I just say it all the time. The Lord's helping us. The Lord's helping us. He said, well, of course you can say that. Alan, you're a pastor. I'm not saying it because I'm a pastor. I'm saying it because it's in the book. It's, it's written. And because it's written, I can boldly say it. And what happens is the more I boldly say it, the more I boldly believe it. Anybody remember when you first received the Lord? And, and, and maybe it was new to you. Maybe, maybe you just recently in here and you just received the Lord and you remember when someone said, well, you know, are, are you saved? And you went, oh. <laughs> 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 hope so. <laughs> and then maybe a few months later they said, are, are you saved? And you're like, 
Think so? Yeah. But then a couple of years later, they ask you, are you saved? You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. And now some of you have been walking with the Lord a long time. Someone say, are you saved? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What happened? You started, the more you begin to speak that, the more you're around it, the more you believe it. Some of you have, have friends and relatives who've been telling the same lie for years so long they believe it. You got an Uncle Fred who's been telling that same fish story that never happened for so long you couldn't beat it out of Uncle Fred with a baseball bat that he had that thing happen. You're thinking, Uncle Fred's lying like a rug. I'm telling you, he is, he is lying. But what happened is you say it over and over and over again and it begins to get in you. Well, if we can do that with a lie, we can do that with the scriptures. And it's a part, listen, guys, this is a part of our walk. If you look at what Jesus said, if you, listen, if you look in the Bible, what people have said, look at what David said in the Psalms, how they talk about the Lord. And it's how we can do it as well. And so one of the biggest things we're going to learn in this, the Lord is helping us, is to begin to say that. The Lord's my helper. He helps me. And you got to make it personal. Not that he helps me or Joy or Justin or somebody that you see. Oh, I know the Lord helps them, but he doesn't help me. But let's back off of that. And let's take the stance that the Lord helps me. Now, there's another one here that though I feel like I, I just, as I was studying this, I want, to, I want to go over this because it's part of that verse that we read. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. You know, we've been, I've, I've read this verse for years and we've talked about the fact that the Lord will never leave us or forsake us and we can boldly say. But there's another part here about living content and living satisfied. And this was something that really struck me. Um, he said, let your conversation be without covetousness or greed or a desire to, to have and be content or satisfied. In Luke, the 12th chapter, Jesus was talking about this. And it, and it really is going to kind of go in line with his help. So stay with me here. This is a connected thought. Jesus is speaking and one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. He said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now, it says, let your, let your way of life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'd always wondered how those two fit. Well, why am I supposed to be content if he said he would never leave me or forsake me? Because the most valuable thing I have is my relationship with him. I, a number of years ago, well, 24 years ago, Joy and I moved from a smaller house to a bigger house. It's a nice house. 30,000 square feet, swimming pool, two lakes. Uh, just want to see if you're listening. That's a lie. I, it's, it's, uh, it's, no, not near that big. We, we've lived there for 24 years. And it, it's a nice home. And a few years ago, five, I think five years ago, we remodeled like everything in it. I kept waiting for, for Micah to come back, but it didn't. And so we remodeled everything, kitchen, everything. 
it, it, it's a nice home. I, I like it. It's a nice neighborhood, quiet neighborhood. Enjoy it. My kids really grew up there. But you know what makes that home really nice? It's not how it's decorated. And it's not um, anything about the, the landscaping or how beautiful it looks. Curb appeal, we've always thought, yeah, it's okay. What makes it special is who's in it. It's special because Joy's in it with me. And because she's in it with me, that's a nice home. If she wasn't there, that home wouldn't matter as much to me. How many of you know that it's not the stuff that makes our life? It's the relationships that make our life. If you ever, if you ever just had something, you're like, oh man, if I could just get this thing, I would be so happy. And you get it. And you're so happy for a while. And then it goes away. Ever had that happen? Thank you for four honest people. <laughs> you know stuff gets old. Stuff will not make your life. Man, you get a new car and you drive, man, you feel good, you're driving around, but that really doesn't change who you are. You get your, maybe there's, there's, there's something you've wanted to collect for years and you finally get it. And after you get it, after a while, you're looking for the next one because it's just stuff. And Jesus said, he said, our life doesn't consist in the stuff. He said, we can be content. You say, well, I don't, could we not want something better? No, absolutely. Want something better, but don't put your life into something better. A new car, a new house, is it going to change your life? A relationship with him, drawing closer to him, that's where the life is. And so when do you get that? So, Alan, I thought you believed in prosperity. I do. But prosperity is completely different if you have a relationship with God. When you, when you have peace in your heart, then the stuff is fine. But it's not your life. You know, I didn't. Actually, it was Jesus that said that. Live content. What we have with the Lord is the most valuable thing. You know, really, we don't measure our life the way the world measures theirs. The world looks at, at someone who has a really big home, drives a nice car, and they go, wow, they've really made it. That's not what we think. We think if we have peace in our heart, we've really made it. You can lie down at night and go to sleep. You're a rich person. You got peace in your home. You got, a, you got peace in your home. You walk in your home. You can sense the peace of God. You are in good shape. How I many you know peace, peace in your home doesn't matter what size home. It just matters that there's peace there. In fact, the scripture said you're better off living in the corner of a house than in a big house with a mean woman. Or man. <laughs> I can feel the daggers coming. <laughs> coming my way. So he, he's saying it, it, it's, it's part of our help realizing, Lord, the most valuable thing I have is my relationship with you. That's where life is. So let's talk a little bit about three things about health that will help us. I heard a minister say this and I thought, man, this was good stuff. So I'm going to share it with you. He talked about acknowledging help, asking for help, 
and accepting help, acknowledging a need for help. I'm going to tell you a story. You'll appreciate this. this you say, I know all your stories. You don't know this one because it just happened. Now you're all like, <laughs> nothing bad. <laughs> we, uh, we went this past weekend up to see John and Lindsay Houston up in Salina, Kansas. And John and Lindsay were our youth pastors here. They were on staff. John was on staff for a number of years. They are crushing it up there, just doing a great job. Got a thousand people coming. They're, they're, they're in the town. Oh, they're just doing wonderful. We're so blessed. You know, John, John was always very smart. He would, he would look at what works and he would take it, adopt it. And so they feed people, they do grocery giveaways. They just did a serve Saturday. Now this, listen to this. They got a thousand some people attending their church. 325 showed up for a serve Saturday. That's pretty good. I mean, that's real good. So they're just doing a great job. So we fly, you can't fly into Salina, Kansas. You have to fly into, you probably could with the cost of fortune. So we just, we flew into Wichita. So we're on the, on the, the flight. Now listen, Joy and I were talking about this. Joy and I have said for years, we're not good travelers. We're going to change that. We're going to start saying, by the grace of God, we are wonderful travelers. <laughs> because, because historically, airports have bothered me. There's tension in airports. I want to make, you know, I don't like disrobing. Taking kicking my shoes off and stuff. So I'm taking, you know, half my clothes off and putting them in the, in the bins. And I, I decided to get a backpack. I carried one of Joy's bags, carry-on bags one time, about like warm up. And I had another bag. I'm like, I'm going backpack. I don't care what anyone. So I got a backpack. It's a new backpack. And I took my electronics out, put it in one bin, took my shoes in another bin, backpack in another bin. And then it comes out. You're grabbing my shoes, grabbing my backpack, and walked off. And we... Uh, we got to the gate, got there early, sat there, and um, I was sitting there and finally got on the plane. And we're getting ready to go, and so I'm like, I'm going to get my iPad out. And I opened my backpack. I'd left my iPad and another tablet at the security gate. You say, well, Alan, why didn't the Holy Spirit tell you? He did, oh judgmental one. <laughs> he actually did. Actually, I was sitting there, and they came over, the speakers in the airport, and said, Would the passenger who left their electronics please come to security? <laughs> and you know what I thought? <laughs> who would leave their electronics? <laughs> <laughs> so I opened up my, I opened up my, my backpack, and all my electronics are gone. Do you know that feeling that, that you're, you're dead meat? I looked at Joy and I went, honey, I, just, I left all my stuff back here. And, and, and here's, here's how help came. Joy looked at me and she said, it's going to be okay. She could have looked at me and went, you are an idiot. I cannot <laughs> believe that you did that. She never once said that to me. And I really appreciate it. She was very gracious with me. So I get up, I track down a flight attendant. I'm walking off the plane. I find another lady. Man, I hit, I hit some little lady. Boy, she was all Miss Biz. She said, sir, 
We can put you on another flight. It leaves at 8.22. We have two seats available. I'm like, no. <laughs> she said, you made contact. You made contact, lost and found. So I'm thinking, okay, I got an iPad. I couldn't think whether or not I powered that thing off or not. And if I didn't power it off, that means if someone got that thing, they would have access to information. So I'm sitting there, and I'm not feeling good about this. But my sister works for TSA in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I got on the phone uh, and started texting her. I'm sorry, but I was also one of those guys when they say, would you now turn off all your electronics? <laughs> Mine was not off. And I texted, I texted my sister Leslie. She got, she got back. She texted me. And she said, I'm going to contact Matt. And so she called, she called Matt. Now, now i got to put it up. Now i got a flight attendant coming by. Sir, would you? Yeah, got it. Put everything under. So now she's contacting Matt. Matt was back here. And you're saying, well, where's the help, Alan? Well, for one, Joy was very gracious to me. But when I sat back, I just had a, a sense of peace. I felt stupid. I mean, leave your electronics. I felt stupid. But your Holy Spirit is a comforter. He didn't agree with you. You're stupid. He, he just comforted me. And I sat there and I had a sense of peace. Plus, I knew I had help. My sister was on it. And she contacted Matt now. We joke with Matt, y'all know Matt, he is a character. We love him. He's also one of the biggest helps to our family ever. If you need help, not you, me. <laughs> if you need help, he's the guy. He has helped our family, he has helped me. So my sister got a hold of Matt. This is Friday afternoon. She said, Matt, you need to get down there now because if that thing hits before the shift changes, if that thing hits, if that thing hits lost and found, it may never, you may, it goes into a system. So Matt jumps in his truck on a Friday afternoon about five o'clock and heads to the airport. He said, Dad, it was the most amazing thing. He said there was like no traffic going to the airport. He gets in and he finds a supervisor and the supervisor was not going to give him the iPad because I actually had powered it off. But then we got him the, the uh, password, powered it up, supervisor gave it. So by the time I got off the flight, within five minutes, the whole thing was alleviated. Matt had all my electronics. We were in good shape. Now, yeah, that's a good story. So, here's, here's what I had to do. I had to acknowledge that I needed help. I'm sitting there going, I, I don't know what to do. But I knew someone that did. My sister works for TSA. She's one of those people like, sir, please put your hands up. You know, I'm, I'm going to pat you down. <laughs> she gets to do that. She knew exactly what was going on. She contacted Matt. Matt's a helper. So the first thing we have to begin to do is we have to acknowledge that we need the help. So oftentimes we don't acknowledge that. So I acknowledged that I needed the help. And then I, I was willing to ask. See, I, I told Matt, I had to accept Matt's help because I felt horrible about him driving down on a Friday afternoon to get my stuff. And I actually texted him not to do it, but the text never came through. And so I had to accept. You realize sometimes it's humbling to acknowledge that you need help and then to accept help. 
when it comes. And so I, I accepted his help. But it's the same principle with the Lord. We have to acknowledge that we need his help. Proverbs, the third chapter. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. That word direct your paths actually means to make your way smooth and pleasant. God can make our way smooth and pleasant if we'll acknowledge him. But we begin to acknowledge, Lord, I need the help. Here's one of the biggest challenges. One of the biggest challenges we have is, I got this. Lord, I got this. You know, I appreciate it, but I got it. I'm going to depend on my own talents, my own abilities, my own experience, as opposed to saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Do you know he knows what to do about your situation at work? Do you know he knows what to do about some of the family challenges that you're having? He knows what to do with that child that you keep putting your hands up and going, I have no idea what to do with this kid. He knows what to do with that child that's gone off in the wrong direction and, you, and you're just pulling your hair because you don't know. But we have to acknowledge, Lord, I need your help in this. And it says in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. When I was sitting there with no electronics, I, rem I, just, I remember closing my backpack and just quietly I said, Lord, I need your help. I need, I need your help here. I did something stupid, and, but I need your help. But I mean, you know he's good. He's not going to chastise you. He's not going to criticize you. He's, the Lord doesn't look at you and go, dear Lord, again? <laughs> again? He doesn't operate that way. And so we need to acknowledge, Lord, I need your help. And then we need to ask him for help. And we're going to talk about that next week. So, well, why, do, why did you ask? Because I need help. I, I have to ask. And we'll look at that next week. Is because Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it's open. And so asking is a part of that process. Receiving the Lord's help. But I think one of the first things to do is, is to look at different areas. Of, hey, you can look at all areas of your life and go, Lord, I would like your help in every area of my life. I want to be, I ask for help to be a better pastor. I ask for help to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better grandfather. I ask for help in those areas. Why? Because I need his help. And it's humbling. We'll say, well, you know, God gave you a brain. I, I, I got that. I believe that. I have one. But I still need his help. And I still want his help especially if he's the most brilliant, the most insightful, the one that nothing is a puzzle to him. We look at our life and go, God's not going, hmm. Don't quite know about that. He knows. And he knows how to help. It's the first thing, but we have to go, I'm the one in need of help. Anybody out there agree with me? You're in need of help? Let, let's, well, let's pray. Well, then, let, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, you are such a gracious, loving Father. You are, have been good to us. You have been kind to us. 
when we've done stupid things, you have been merciful to us. Lord, we ask you, we acknowledge tonight, we need your help. We need your help. I need your help leading this church. We need your help as, as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a sister, as a brother, as a child. Lord, we need help. And we acknowledge you in all our ways. Thank you. Thank you that as we do, and we just humble our hearts before you, but if we do, you said you would lift us up and you would help us. So we thank you during this time, during this season, we're going to get more help than we've ever had before. And we're going to give you all the praise for that, all the glory. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord. I know that. He knows that. But I want one. Or maybe you were like, ah, I used to have a relationship. I used to walk with the Lord. I don't do it anymore, but I'd like to. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. But right in your chair, right where you're sitting, this prayer is for you. Or you're watching online, this prayer is for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one looking around. If that's you that I'm talking to and you're here in this auditorium, would you slip your hand up real quickly and say, Alan, would you, would you guys pray for me? Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, hands have gone up all over. Smart. So smart. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand and you really wanted to. It's not too late. You can pray this prayer with us. You're watching online. You're by yourself. Pray it with us out loud. The heart we believe with the mouth confession is made. If you're with others, pray it quietly. But we're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Thank you, Father, for the hands that went up, for those who are online watching, for those who have responded. Lord, we just, we thank you for that. Thank you for your mercy, for your word, for your faithfulness, and for your help. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.